As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Here we go. It is betting above the rim on SportsGrid. I'm your host, Kevin Wall, stepping in here on a Saturday, a double dose this weekend as we get you set for the summer. And, of course, the big story here today on BATR throughout our two hours together will be the NBA draft. We have plenty of time tomorrow to dive into some of the major NBA headlines. We will touch on those today, but it is the NBA draft that steps up and in Thursday night, a major, major day in the NBA, as always, with major, major news. And it all started at that first overall pick with the Orlando Magic, who did go and select Paolo Bencaro out of Duke. Maybe, maybe at around, I don't know, noon, say, on Thursday, you've turned off from the world. You didn't watch the draft. Friday, you weren't checking, and you've tuned in right here on SportsGrid, and you heard me say it was Ben Caro, and you've got nothing but confusion on the mind. How could it have been Ben Caro when Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN reported it was going to be Jabari Smith? Fair question. And the odds were as crazy as you could imagine. These numbers were on the move, on the build-up to the Thursday of that draft. We saw Paolo overtake ultimately Jabari Smith as the favorite and then Woj told everybody it was Jabari and Jabari went to an unbettable favorite and each and every passing minute seemingly it would work back the other direction Woj sent out the tweet saying that it was going to be Palo and it was Palo we will expand today on the way that shifted put it into perspective how wild it truly truly was And then we will kind of talk about the impact that that can have on future drafts, specifically, of course, in the NBA market. Not only now do we see Paolo come off of the board at one, but that top five rounded out with, at the second pick, Chat Holmgren going to Oklahoma City. Jabari Smith's fall was not all too long. Going to the Houston Rockets at three. The Kings did what somehow, despite the fact that Jaden Ivey was minus 200 to be selected at the fourth overall spot, the Kings did what you expected them to do and messed it up by taking Keegan Murray out of Iowa. And then lastly, we saw Jaden Ivey come off of the board to the Detroit Pistons at five. And that right there, that selection by the Pistons, was another predominant headline throughout the NBA draft. One, because of great excitement now for the Detroit fan base. An absolute superstar in Cade Cunningham for them last year at the number one overall pick. Flashed it 
all throughout his rookie season. Entered the conversation for rookie of the year a little bit. Ultimately couldn't get too deep into it due to some time missed and some winning basketball played by his other rookie counterparts like Scotty Barnes as well as Evan Mobley. But nobody doubts that Cade Cunningham is going to be a future all-star in the NBA. At least I hope they don't. Well, Jaden Ivey has shown similar flashes. Some people think he might have actually been the very best player in this class. And you now get the opportunity to pair that with Cade Cunningham. That's unbelievably exciting. Also, the opportunity to bring in Jalen Duran, who the Pistons said they believed was one of their seven best players in the draft. And I know that there's usually that kind of talk always happens, but I believe them. Because, again, there's a lot of people who thought Jalen Duran was a top seven player in this class. The Pistons came away with quite the haul. The thing for the Pistons is, despite the fact that they drafted Jaden Ivey at five, we know that their phone was ringing. As the radio audience is here with us on a Saturday morning on BATR, and I'm your host, Kevin Walsh. We're going over some of the top headlines from the NBA draft. Uh, The Knicks continue to call the Pistons on Jaden Ivey, basically saying, are you sure? I mean, any movement here, guys? Can we work something out? Maybe you, you, you want some of these draft picks that we're acquiring? It was a wild situation for the Knicks. The Knicks actually ended up sending out a message to their fans saying, we're trying. Be calm. Be patient. We've got this. A wild message to have to send out to your fan base on the heels of the NBA draft. We will dive into the winners, the losers, some of my favorite picks. In hour number two, Coach James Young will join us here to give you some of his favorite picks throughout this draft as well. And there are some NBA headlines that, again, we will be able to hit, including, of course, Kyrie Irving's wish list, which is six teams long, chock full of contenders, and the New York Knicks. The report from Woj of not just that wish list, but that some of those teams aren't really that interested in Kyrie Irving is something that we will have the chance to expand on today. The Charlotte Hornets actually did go out and hire a head coach after being burned, as we talked about last week, by Kenny Atkinson. And no, they didn't hire Mike D'Antoni. They went back to the well, went back to Steve Clifford. A surprising decision, to be honest with you, and Not one I'm all that positive I'm high on for that basketball team and that organization. We'll also talk about some of the rumors. The guys that weren't moved on draft night. John Collins, DeAndre Ayton, DeJounte Murray. These are Malcolm Brogdon. Names that we were following the entire way that could have been on the move, that weren't on the move. And what is the outlook now? And we will be able to touch a little bit on Kawhi Leonard. Some video, finally, of Kawhi playing basketball. He, You know the, the, the commercial? of the M&Ms when they see Santa Claus, and they go, he does exist. And then he goes, they do exist, and Santa passes out. That's how I felt seeing Kawhi Leonard play basketball. It's been that long. I didn't even know if he was still necessarily in the NBA. So that was a nice thing to actually see and confirm. I wonder if the Clippers moved to title favorites just because we've confirmed Kawhi still has at least some level of interest in playing basketball. But up next, we give you the full breakdown about what happened with the first overall pick next sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com across america bp supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing 
Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back right here on BATR. The first overall pick deserves its own standalone discussion. I know there are some people out there who have tried to present what happened with the first overall pick in the NBA as a normalcy. It was anything but that. This was a bizarre market to follow. Let's go back to the start. Right before the NBA lottery was going to take place, Jabari Smith was a slight favorite to be selected first overall. A little bit more maybe than minus 120. The Magic won the lottery, and at that moment, Jabari did move up a little bit stronger, about minus 150, and at some point got to minus 200. Now, right away, that did surprise me. I thought Chet Holmgren made too much sense for the Orlando Magic. Not only did I think he was the best player in the class and certainly the player with the most upside, the most potential in this class, but the fact that you had a Mobamba departing and a need at center, the fact that the Orlando Magic have been absolutely obsessed with drafting you know, long players, right? Freak athletes, really, is what they've been so obsessed with for so long. If you think back through you know, some of the other draft decisions that they've made, Jonathan Isaac comes straight to mind. And then the fact that Chet Holmgren had a legitimate relationship with Jalen Suggs from their high school days, who they just selected the year prior to the Orlando Magic at the fifth overall slot to be their franchise point guard, I thought it made all too much sense. But the odds continue to move in Jabari Smith's favor. And, all right, that's fine. It looks like it's going to be Jabari Smith. And we didn't really get any reporting on the contrary that this was going to be Jabari Smith. So Jabari would, at some points, go from minus 200 up to minus 300, to minus 450. To minus 600. Now, at that point in time, it looked like this was going to be Jabari's spot to lose. And it would be pretty surprising if it was Jabari. He was ultimately your favorite with Chet still the second choice. And a clear, clear distant third was Paolo Bancaro. And then we started to get the move. On the week of the draft, all of a sudden, here came Paolo. And a lot of people offered this up as normalcy. But again, we'll talk about why this was anything but. So here comes Paolo from 20 to 1 to 15 to 1 to 10 to 1, to 5 to 1. And then all of a sudden, here we are, sat there on a Wednesday. Jabari Smith has come back to minus 140. Chad Holmgren is still the second choice at plus 200, and Paolo Bencaro is at about plus 230. Now again, this is a little bit surprising, this bizarre, here we go, Paolo move. We've heard trade rumors. Could this be the Rockets coming up to one who've apparently been in love with the idea of bringing a Paolo Bencaro into their organization? We started to wonder what was 
happening. But that was Wednesday morning. At about 10 o'clock Wednesday night, Jabari Smith went back up to a minus 600 favorite. And at that moment, it seemed like, okay, the Paolo move happened, but it was wrong. And it looks like this is Jabari's spot. Back up to minus 600. In the face of the way that those Bancaro odds had been shifting. But when you wake up on Thursday morning, Paolo Bancaro is the favorite. At about 1.30 a.m. Eastern time, all of the Paolo Bancaro bets came in. All of them. Across any sports book that you were betting on, Bancaro had gone from plus 100 to minus 120 to minus 150 to minus 210 which is where it was when myself and Donnie Wrightside tuned in to give you the early line on Thursday morning. And again, there are people who say that is totally normal. I question that a little bit, but okay, maybe so. Maybe Palo being minus 210 after kind of yes, no, yes, no against the Jabari number was normal. But this is where things broke off into a completely unique situation. At 8.40 a.m. on Thursday morning, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, the number one reporter in this sport, tweets out the following. As teams' boards finalize today, the 1-2-3 of the NBA draft is increasingly firm per sources. Jabari Smith to Orlando, Chet Holmgren to Oklahoma City, and Paolo Bencaro to Houston. Woj just gave us the final score. Woj just told us it's Jabari Smith. Because with stuff like this, Woj is never wrong. So people run to the window. They start to get their Jabari plus money back, plus 150s, get it back, right? People start betting some Palo, of course, right? All of a sudden, you need your Palo Caro to go third overall picks as well as a part of your portfolio. All of a sudden, because Woj just gave you the final score. See, that is not injury news, right? We all go out there and bet injury news. Oh, LeBron's going to miss tonight's game. And all of a sudden, the Lakers were a five-point favorite. You, or they're going to close at a, as a two-point underdog. And you now have their opponent catching five points. Great job. But they still have to play the game. It's not a lock. No, what, what this tweet is supposed to be the equivalent of is if Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out, the Lakers win tonight's game by 15. So then when you run to the window and you lay five points with the Lakers... There's nothing to worry about. He just tweeted out the final score. But imagine if Woj tweeted out the final score and got the final score wrong. See, that's what started to happen. Because after this Woj tweet, Paolo Bancaro is a distant name. Chet Holmgren is gone. And Jabari Smith opened up at minus 20000 $20,000 if you wanted to win 100 bucks on Jabari Smith to go number one overall. After that Adrian Wojnarowski tweet, Woj just gave you the final score. And what proceeded to take place over the next 11 hours was incredible to watch. Silence from Woj, Chris Haynes, Sham Sharania, Mark Stein, Jake Fisher. None of the big names adding additional updates around the number one overall pick. Because Woj just told us what it was. Except the gamblers, the betters, the people in the know, they knew better than Woj. And they kept betting Palo. Jabari for minus 20,000 to minus 6,000. That's still a big favorite. For minus 6,000 to minus 2,000. All right, still a big favorite. For minus 2,000 to minus 1,100. What is going on here? For minus 1,100, now down to 7 to 1. 
And all the while, Chet Holmgren has been left in a distant memory, and it's Palo's number who's going from 20 to 1 to 15 to 1. Sound familiar? 7 to 1, 4 to 1. Here comes Palo again at 12.45 p.m., a little bit before 1 p.m. Eastern time. Jabbar dropped to a minus 135. Based on what? People are betting against Adrian Wojnarowski, giving them the final score. How could this be? And at 7.40, we found out that Woj was reading the wrong box score. And the people in the know knew better than the premier reporter in this sport. Jabari Smith had settled around a minus 260 favorite at about 7 p.m. Eastern time. And then here comes Woj. As I just reported, Duke's Palo Bancaro has joined Auburn's Jabari Smith under serious consideration to be the franchise's number one overall pick, sources said. And at 7.55, Woj basically sent out the final nail in the coffin saying, it is Palo. It is going to be Ben Caro who is going to ultimately come off for the board. At 7.55, Woj tweeted out, the Magic moved closer to getting on the clock. Duke's Ben Caro is now looming as a front runner to be the number one overall pick in the 2022 NBA draft. And just like that, a guy in Jabari Smith who was minus 600 went to plus 150. And that would have been a normal move because people knew about Penn Caro before everybody else. But in the middle of that, Woj went out there and told people, no, it's Jabari. And Jabari went to an unbettable minus 6,000. And the people in the know knew better. And that's great news for Ben Caro betters, right? Unbelievable news. People who came in on Jabari after the Woj tweet, obviously hard done by. But you know who had a really bad day? The sports books. Sports books don't have a lot of bad days. Things usually break right for them. Game one of the NBA Finals, the Celtics winning on the road. Game six of the NBA Finals, the Warriors winning on the road. Things break right for the books, but not in this NBA draft. And I spoke to Dave Sharapat, who's been in the room throughout this week, and he said this could change things. Maybe more limits. Maybe draft odds come down a little bit longer. An unbelievably wild race to be the number one overall pick in this draft. We'll be back after this quick break on BATR. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back here live on a Saturday morning, BATR. I'm Kevin Walsh. And let's talk about now some of my favorite picks in this first round here, okay? Because we gave you the breakdown of what actually just happened with the number one overall pick. Again, can have absolute impacts for years to come when it talks to draft markets, both NBA and NFL, which, of course, there are the primary betting draft betting events on a year-to-year basis. But there was a lot of picks here to like. There really was. And I know we love the slander, and I know it's easy to take your shots at the Kings and the Knicks. And maybe we'll do that a little bit in hour number two when JY gets in the mix. But I want to talk about a couple of spots that I absolutely loved. And right away, it was the number two overall pick for Chet Holmgren and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Because to me, whenever you got the best player in the class at a spot that isn't the first pick, it's a great pick. And that's what Chet Holmgren and Oklahoma City ultimately have found themselves in a situation here. Chet, to me is a guy who obviously has these easy comparisons to Chris Stapp's Porzingis, right? A seven-footer who can protect the rim and shoot the three, who is quite skinny. Now, Chris Stapp's, we know, is a bit bigger, right, than Chet Holmgren. But there is a key difference between those two players. And it will sound perhaps a little silly, but it's real. It's that Chet Holmgren has that dog in him. It's that Chet Holmgren legitimately is ready to get in your face. And you can see it, by the way, in the rebound statistics. Chris Stapps is a terrible rebounder. He's a terrible rebounder. He's seven foot one, seven foot two, and doesn't even come close to double-digit rebounds any at any point during his career. Chad Holmgren's out there averaging 13 rebounds a game, playing less than 30 minutes a night for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. And that's just because that's how Gonzaga ultimately is with their guys. They're kind of very in-and-out nature. Chet is also a better rim protector than Chris Dapp's Porzingis is. I understand the worries about the frame. I got you. I do. But you have to hope that as he continues to age and he continues to develop and he gets in the NBA workrooms, that he can put enough on to be competitive. He is an unbelievable shot blocker. He is a phenomenal rebounder. And another thing for that Chris Dapp's Porzingis comparison, a significantly better Ball handler. Chet will put it on the dish against slow-footed bigs and make them pay time and time again. And, of course, the fact that this guy last year shot it at a 39% clip from beyond the arc. If you provide me unbelievable rim protection and high-level spacing as a big, that's already a dream scenario, but it's all of the in-between for Chet Holmgren. The fact that I think he's going to be able to hang on the perimeter a little bit in a switching league. The fact that, I, again, trust him to crash the glass. And the fact that I trust him to never be bullied. Yeah, maybe physically he's going to take his lumps. We know that is to come. But Chet Holmgren is a dog. Again, I know it sounds silly. I know it might be a meme-based commentary, but he really, really is. And the pairing next to Shea Gilgis-Alexander is phenomenal. And also, the thing for Chet is there's a lot of creators on that basketball team. Josh Giddy is a guy that I know a lot of people were fin- were fascinated by during his rookie season. How about Pokashevsky as well? You have now in OKC a lot of rangy, long guys that for their position are really plus passers, which should get everybody in into good spots to score the basketball. 
What you need to be able to do, right, is shore up that defense as time goes on. And that's what, again, I believe Chet Holmgren will be able to do. Are the Oklahoma City going to be bad next year? Almost assuredly, because they always seemingly want to be bad. However, they have a lot of good pieces now in a guy that is all-star level in Shea Gilgis-Alexander. It'll be tough. I think it's going to be tough for SGA to get, get there because of how bad Oklahoma City is, and he doesn't kind of come with a level of gravitas as those that have already made there. We know it's hard to break in for your first one at times, and the number two pick in this year's pick uh, is Chet Holmgren, and I absolutely love that for OKC. The Detroit Pistons are a team I could wax poetic about. Maybe I will in a moment, but I know JY love them. A.J. Griffin, though, falling to 16 was a mistake and absolutely deserves nothing but applause from the Atlanta Hawks. He might just end up a top five player in this class, A.J. Griffin. Ready for one better? A.J. Griffin might just end up the best Duke player in this class. And yes, I am very aware as to who went number one overall in this draft. A guy who shot it at 45% from three. 45% from three at Duke. And by the way, that was no anomaly. That is not a one-season outlier. A.J. Griffin has a floor of 40% from beyond the arc. A six foot six, six foot eleven wingspan, 220 pound kid who's not, and I say kid, he's not even 19. You go like Chet Holmgren, who I just talked up, and again, I I bat is 20 years old. He is a full year older than AJ Griffin, despite the fact that they are both both freshmen. This not only allows AJ to continue to build on into his body. But, of course, develop as a basketball player. The flashes that Griffin put up on both sides of the ball, the ability to tack the basket, dribble moves that, again, work seamlessly into his pure jump shot and occasionally got him to the rim were really, really eye-catching. And he has all of the tools to be a plus defender on the perimeter in the NBA. Again, six foot six, great athleticism, super, super strong for his size. This is a guy that I'm telling you, when we do a redraft in four years, you will not believe that he fell to 16. I want to give one draft class a lot of credit because I think it's falling under the radar. And it's the San Antonio Spurs draft class. I love what the Spurs did. Now, you know, they picked at nine, and that wasn't A.J. Griffin. So did I love that specifically? No. But as a whole, I thought their draft class was plus player after plus player. It began with Jeremy Sohan coming out of Baylor, a freshman who is a six foot eight, fantastic passer of the basketball and has that little Draymond Green to him. Again, comparing guys to lock Hall of Famers is a dangerous task. So work with me here. I'm not telling you he's Draymond. I'm talking about the edge. I'm talking about being able to pest the other team. Turn the game around with your energy. That is something that Jeremy Sohan can do. We saw it against UNC, that un, uh, you know, that incredible, credible comeback that Baylor made. Now, I know they ultimately lost that game, and, and rightfully so. They, you know, it was a lot for them to get back into it, though, and a lot of that had to do with Jeremy Sohan. And again, a, a guy with overseas reps, super, super young. And to earn the minutes that he did 
on an N, on a not an NBA, excuse me, but a, a reigning college basketball national champion with plenty of returning players, I thought was super, super impressive. And at nine, I did not, well, again, would I have loved A.J. Green for them? Yes. But at nine, I really, really liked the player. At 20, they take Malachi Branham. Oh, I mean, I'm telling you right now, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite players in this class because Branham is a guaranteed, is a guaranteed high-level role player at the minimum in the NBA. This is someone that shoots it at a super elite level. 41% from three, has the free throw percentages to match, hit a gang of long twos at Ohio State, which helps check the boxes to let you know that this guy is going to be a, a, a high-level shooter throughout his NBA career, had the ability to put it on the floor during his time at Ohio State. Again, another super long kid, six foot five, six foot ten wingspan. The worry on Brendan is basically he's a horrendous defender. One, I think, you know, they're going to keep pieces around in San Antonio to help correct that, right? But two is the development of being a San Antonio Spur. You hope that will eventually start to come along. And then the third pick, listen, again, they go back to the freshman well, and I love that that's what they did in Blake Wesley out of Notre Dame. A six foot five guard, that six foot nine wingspan, who who really was a very unique player to watch at Notre Dame. A strong athlete who didn't really fit the mold of Notre Dame basketball as an exciting one-and-done player who was able to get his own in isolation situations. That's not what we associate with Notre Dame. Blake Wesley goes you know, 25th overall. I do wonder if he was on a Kentucky basketball team. Was he a lottery pick? Well, it worked out for Notre Dame, who had a good tournament, and it certainly worked out for the San Antonio Spurs that got him at 25. A phenomenal attacker of the paint. That is something that Blake Wesley brings them. And that's one of the things that I love. And he's a great passer as well. That's what I love about these three guys. Again, all freshmen, basically all the same age, but three 19 years old that, to me, might just be three top 20 players in this class that can continue to develop together. Are, are any of them all-stars? I'm not so sure. But when you're picking 9, 20, and 25, if you get guys that you feel confident all are going to make it to the second contract on your basketball team, which all of those guys are going to do, all of those guys are going to stick in the NBA. Could San Antonio trade them as time goes on? Sure, maybe so. But those guys are going to stick in the NBA. I love the three-pack of players drafted ultimately by the San Antonio Spurs. In our upcoming segment, I'm going to be joined by Chris Kofsky. Now that we've kind of talked about some of my favorites, the first pick madness, what I want to be able to do is talk about some of the fits. And the best way to do that, of course, is through the rookie of the year odds, which we do have available to us now. And the favorite, we'll get, we'll get to the you know specifics. The favorite is under four to one. There are four players who are sub 10 to one. And there are a couple of names a little bit further down the board who are worth the attention. We break that down all next right here on BATR. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Back with you here on BATR. Let's get down to it. The Rookie of the Year odds are posted. We're going to go off of the FanDuel Sportsbook numbers today here on our show. And to help me break it down, Chris Koski, who did a fantastic job helping us throughout our NBA draft special here on SportsGrid. Koski, how are we feeling? Good, K-Dub. Built off that great draft show we had the other night with you, the coach, Ben, everyone behind the scenes. It was a great time. So I'm yeah. happy to be back here and talk about what happened with the NBA draft, how it's going to shape next NBA season. Yeah, it was a really, really fun night. Again, we appreciate everybody uh, who tuned in. And, and again, everybody behind the scenes did a, uh, a great job there. But Bukowski, lead the way. Where do we begin here with the odds to win the NBA's Rookie of the Year award? Okay, Dub, no surprise. The top favorite on the board, Paolo Banchero, the number one overall pick in this year's draft. He's plus 350. Second odds on the board, plus 420. Jabari Smith, the third overall mm-hmm. pick, going to the Houston Rockets. Third, Chet Holgram at plus 480. He was the second overall pick to the OKC Thunder. At four, Jaden Ivey, who went to the Pistons at 650. And then we get into a little bit above the 10 to 1 numbers. Keegan Murray to the Sacramento Kings at 11 to 1. Benedict Matherin, 15 to 1. Shaden Sharp, 18 to 1. Dyson Daniels, 20 to 1. Johnny Davis, 32 to 1. I want to take those nine names right there, K Dub. Let's start with the top six of them, top four of them, right? Paolo Bonchero, mm-hmm. Jabari Smith, Chet Holgram, Jaden Ivey. Only four guys before 10 to 1. How would you rank those four guys right there in the odds? You think the books have it right? Manchero 1, Jabari 2, Chet 3, Ivy 4. How would you rank those four guys right there in the draft for the Rookie of the Year odds going into next season? It's a great question. And I will give you an answer that I alluded to a little bit as we closed out our draft special. I made a prediction that Paolo would be the favorite, but a co-favorite. Not with Jabari or Chet, but with Jade and Ivy. So, and we can get into the specifics of those four, and we probably should, Kofsky, right, with the Rookie of the Year odds. But Ivy is the one that I am surprised. Even if maybe he wasn't going to be a co-favorite next to Bancaro, I would have thought he would have been right there with Jabari and Chet. There is a gap between them, and that surprises me. 
Now, I know we always talk about potential workloads mattering for guys. I think Ivy, despite playing next to Cade Cunningham, will still have a very strong workload. And I also think maybe people are looking past what should be a positive situation. And, and of these four players, Kofsky, I think you'll agree here, Jaden Ivy, without question, has the best chance to make the playoffs this upcoming season, which might just matter when this race is coming down the stretch. 100%, K-Dub. Out of those four guys and their teams they got drafted to, you're right. The Detroit Pistons have the best chance of making the postseason compared to the Rockets, to the OKC Thunder, and to the Orlando Magic. And you're also right. The Jay and Ivy number, 650, because they're probably thinking, hmm, he's probably the number two option on his team next to Cade Cunningham, where Banchero, Jabari, Chet, they have the ability to be the number one option, but they're not a factor in the fact that what? Ivy and Cade could do together. They're going to both make each other better basketball players. Cade's going to feed off of Ivy. Ivy's going to feed off of Cade. You're throwing Duran in there. You're throwing Sadiq Bay. So I also think Jaden Ivy has the best complete team around him out of the four names of Vanchero, Jabari, and Holgram. So, Cade, I'm with you. I wish that, that that Ivy number should get boosted up a little bit. I'm interested to see what you think about Keegan Murray because his number at 11-1 really, really intrigues me. He was a walking bucket at Iowa, did a lot of the scoring himself, and you got to figure – He's going to be doing a lot of that in Sacramento, too, and getting a lot of boards, too, especially if they move on to bonus. So what do you think about that 11-to-1 number with Keegan Murray? So uh, Keegan Murray is interesting. Whenever you get guys that are, you know, expected to kind of ready-made, I guess, is is kind of the word that I'm looking for there, right? Keegan Murray shouldered a big load at, at Iowa. You would think that his transition to the NBA, while, again, maybe doesn't have the ceiling some people might think is going to be a little bit uh, simpler. Here's my worry with Keegan Murray. Let me read you a potential starting lineup next year for the Sacramento Kings. De'Aaron Fox, Davion Mitchell, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray, DeMontis Sabonis. Keegan Murray is absolutely, absolutely going to be averaging the least field goals per game. Uh, at best, at best, the fourth most field goals attempts per game. Compare that to some of the guys that, that you know, and again, we'll expand on, on those guys there, but compare that to some of the other guys that we're going to talk about. They're going to have way more opportunity. So the way to try to make up for opportunity, right, would either be winning basketball or what you bring on the defensive side of the floor. Keegan Murray is not checking either of those boxes for me. So Keegan Murray, for me, to be honest with Dikowski, I understand you might like the player, but as far as the situation, I don't think it's conducive really to going out there and winning a rookie of the year. Yeah, you're right. The talent around him doesn't really have as much as like we're talking about the Ivies or the Holgrams have around him. But I do like the fact that, like you said, you look at that roster, you look at that starting lineup, it's going to be Keegan Murray being the guy there. And if Sacramento has anything going, it's going to be because of him and De'Aaron Fox and likely Sabonis on the move. Okay, before we get back into this Rookie of the Year and the other odds, let's look. Ba- I want to look back. I did a little research. The last three Rookie of the Year winners in the NBA. NBA. So we could see kind of what the standard is what the guys who might win be looking for, right? So last year, Scotty Barnes, Raptors, they were a playoff team, 15.3 points per game, 7.3 rebounds, three assists, just short 50% from the field, 30% from field goal, from three field goal. LaMelo Ball, the year before with the Hornets, 15.7 points per game, six assists, 5.9 rebounds, 43% from the field, 35% from three. And the year prior to LaMelo Ball, John Moran took it home, averaging 17.8 points per game, 7.3 rebound assist. 3.9 rebounds, just 47% from the field, 33 from the three field. So, to me, it seems like, hey, the standard most likely would be averaging above 15 points per game. 
averaging around maybe yeah. six to eight assists or rebounds per game. And then with the other category is maybe three to five rebounds, three to five assists if you've got the rebounds and not the assist. And then, you know, around 40 to 50% from the field goal in three. Do you think that's an accurate statement of what they're going to be looking for? Whoever's going to take home the NBA Rookie of the Year has to have a stat line like that at the end of the season? Yeah, I think so. I think that's a great piece of additional research by you to kind of add that context there. And I don't know if Ivy can maybe get you 18 a night because, again, that's where I think mm-hmm. Cade and Sadiq Bay at the minimum, will be in front of Ivy. But, again, he's going to be able to get his. He's going to hopefully, or for you know, if you're betting him, the assist numbers will be nice and some winning basketball. Let me say this then with these three, with the three guys at the top quickly then, right? Paolo is going to be there in terms of attempts at the at he, as he should be at the minimum. Okay, I know Cole Anthony is going to think he's great. I think Jalen Suggs will be a willing will be would be willing to defer, but Paolo has a legitimate chance to lead his team in attempts per game, and. Paolo, who while maybe I'm not as high as some are as others, Paolo does feel like he is going to be able to get you 15 a night in the NBA, kind of regardless. So Paolo is, again, very, very deserving as a favorite. Here's my concern around Chet and Jabari. Jabari, very quickly, kind of my concern is that Jalen Green does not care at all if people think Jabari is better than him. And I don't know if Kevin Porter Jr., cares at all and I don't necessarily know if I trust the Rockets maybe to put Jabari in the position to be the lead dog as maybe he should be and part of that also is with Jabari being at a 40 plus percent shooter from beyond the arc he can really add more value off ball than either Jalen Green or Kevin Porter Jr. can. Chet Holmgren who I said I think is the best player in this class here's my worry with Chet that we can kind of zoom down this board the Thunder want to be terrible. And if Chet Holmgren at some point gets put on the shelf for 25 games, I won't be surprised because this organization right now operates as a complete and total joke as it pertains to trying to win games. If you promised me Chet plays 70 games, then my tone would change because, again, Chet, can impact it on both sides of the floor more so than any of the other names that we've been talking about right now, Kofsky. You made a great point, K-Dub. You can't really trust your money on Chad Holgram until you know the Thunder are going to do the right thing and actually play Chad Holgram majority of the game. So that's a good point by you. Let's go deeper down in the odds for the NBA Rookie of the Year. Got some names I'm sure you got some eyes on. Johnny Davis, 32-1. to Deang, also 32-1. to Jalen Duran, 36-1. to Ochai, 36 to 1. Jalen Williams, 40 to 1. Your boy, AJ Griffin, 48 to 1. Jeremy Sokan, 50 to 1. Mark Williams, 50 to 1 as well. Sorry, 55 to 1. And Malachi Branham, 65 to 1. Terry Eason, 100 to 1. Any of those deep shots catch your eye here on the board for Rookie of the Year next year, K Dub? So if you wanted me to really, really sell you on a deep shot, we can, okay? Um, But I'll start with one that's a little bit deeper. And I, to be honest with you, I'm pretty surprised that Johnny Davis is 32 to 1. When you're betting on the rookie of the yep. year, you're looking for opportunity. Johnny Davis is going to go to Washington. Here's your potential starting lineup, probably there, okay? Johnny Davis, Bradley Beal, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Kyle Kuzma, and Chris Tapas Porzingis. Now, on the surface, I'm sure a lot of people are going to say, well, hold on a minute now. Hold on a minute now. Bradley Beal, Kuzma, and Chris Tapas are all going to take way more shots than him. 
three of those, three of the four guys that are supposed to be starting next to Johnny Davis might not be Wizards by the time we get to opening day. Bradley Beal opted out. And at this point, I'm pretty sure Bradley Beal is going to leave. Now, again, because, I mean, opting out and he could resign for the max, maybe so. By the way, if Bradley Beal leaves, then the Johnny Davis number should probably be cut in half because of what yeah. that would mean for a Johnny Davis opportunity workload. KCP will be in trade rumors if Bradley Beal leaves because at that point now you're tanking if you're the Wizards. And Kyle Kuzma will be in trade rumors if Bradley Beal leaves because KCP and, and Kyle Kuzma oddly feel like some package deal every time we hear that. And the final piece to the puzzle then, of course, is if somebody has a great workload, can they handle the workload? Wachowski, Johnny Davis, was the whole bleeping show at Wisconsin. So what will it be wildly efficient? Probably not. But is Johnny Davis ready to take 20 shots tonight? Yeah, Johnny Davis is. Again, will it be efficient? I'm not so sure. But Kofsky, I'll I'll take my chances that the voters take away this guy's opportunity to give you eh, 20 shots might be strong, but you've got my point. If he goes out there and is averaging at low 18 a game, five and five, right? Even if the Wizards are bad at 30 to one, you take your chances with that, Koski. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Okay, when I was doing my notes, Johnny Davis was my long shot pick at 32 to one because I got the same mindset yeah. as you. He was the whole damn show at Wisconsin. It was the Johnny Davis show. He got him deep into the tournament. He got them rolling, averaging 19.7 points per game, 8.2 rebounds per game. And you know what? You're right. Porzingis, probably going to be gone. Kuzma, KCP, likely to be gone. Bradley Beal's probably already mm-hmm. packed his bags. He's gone. It's going to be Johnny Davis down in D.C. There's not going to be a lot of pressure on him either because they know they're not going to be a playoff team. They're going to let him shoot the ball. And even if what? Say Kuzma stays or Porzingis stays, right? One of them stays. And now all you're doing is adding a bigger guy to add with Johnny Davis to kind of help feed off him. So I love the Johnny Davis number at 32 to 1. And you're right. If Bradley Beal is gone and then the dominoes are to fall, Kuzma, KCP, they all leave, then that Johnny Davis number is definitely going to be cut in half. So it's a good number right now at 32 to 1 to hop on Johnny Davis. Yeah, definitely so. And, and, and with only a little bit of time left here, let me give you the furthest name down the board that I would take some consideration on. 130 to 1, which is about as far down the board as you can go. Ty Ty Washington. Two mm. reasons. One, he's a Kentucky guard, so he's going to be better than anybody sure. expects him to be because that's how Kentucky guards work. But the real answer is, look at that Houston Rockets death chart, right? You know, again, I know people are going to say, hold on a minute. You don't like Jabari, but you like Ty Ty? Value, people. Value. Kevin Porter Jr. is not a point guard. Jalen Green is not a point guard. Jabari is not a point guard. Dennis Schroeder will not be on that basketball team. They don't have a point guard. If Ty Ty is a starter, he can't be 130 to 1. It's that simple. We'll close out hour one next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah. 
the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, we're closing out hour number one. A lot of good stuff coming in hour number two. Coach James Young will join us throughout the back end of our second hour, get some of his favorite picks in the first round, talk some rookie of the odds, uh, rookie of the year odds with him too, which is going to be great. Uh, We'll get some NBA headlines in there as well. But I want to just hit quickly, uh, give the second round a little bit of love. There were two picks that really caught my attention. One, EJ Liddell. Basically, whenever a guy is BPA for about 15 picks, it's a nice pick. Coach had uh, Liddell as a top 20 player in the class, coming off the board 41, ultimately there for the New Orleans Pelicans, was a great, great piece of business there. Liddell is a guy who's going to be able to impact the game. It all depends how how much reps he can get in New Orleans because that roster has a little bit more maybe uh, than we kind of realize on its surface. Uh, the anticipation, The anticipation is that we are going to get Zion Williamson Back in the fold full time for them. We'll see if that happens. The other that I was interested by was Trevor Keels. Now, listen, I know Trevor Keels is a guy who, in some respects, right, is you might think I'm saying this just because he's a name. And while Trevor Keels is a name, the scenario to me for Keels is the fact that he has the body type, I think, that it's so easy to see really translating to the NBA as his career moves on. Again, another super young player who's under 19 years old, six foot five, 225 pounds. He's a very, very strong player with basketball. But again, NBA weight rooms, NBA diet programs, I think for Trevor Keels, all of the sudden, you can really start to see that transformation, which can help Keels on both sides of the floor. He managed a couple of different responsibilities for that Duke team there. At times, he was creating for others. At times, he was getting to the cup. I think he has to try and refine that three-point shot a little bit there. But Trevor Keels is, again, a, a guy that I think could end up maybe even being a better pro than college player, talking about someone who's operating at one of the true blue bloods, of course, with the Duke Blue Devils. All right, we're taking a break. When we come back, what did the Knicks do? That's the question. I don't know if there's an answer, but we'll try and find it. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... 
Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.